Yo, 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 what's happening? It's Tuesday, the 26th. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Figured I'd bust out this short episode because of some of the shit that I've been reading on Facebook. Like, I get invited to these groups. Some of the groups, I don't know anybody in the group. I don't know how I got invited. I'm just in some of these groups. One of these groups, there was a question posted that I, I happened to come across. And the question was, I'm looking at two different optics. One's a 5 to 25, one's a 7 to 35. And he wanted to hear what people's thoughts were. And some of the comments I'm hearing is like, well, what distance are you shooting? Okay, so the guy's going to shoot, you know, 1,000 yards, maybe out to a mile. And, you know, there's literally people jumping in on this conversation Talking about, you don't need 35 power, you're better off going with the 525. So that was the first irritating thing right there. It's like, we're talking about two different brands of scope. Who the fuck cares if one is a 5 to 25 and one is a 7 to 35? I mean, the same could be true. Maybe you'll never use 35 power. How often are you going to use five? So I think that's the dumbest argument that I've heard about you're never going to use 35 power. You know what? I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And I don't know about you, but I'd far often find myself in that higher magnification than I would down in that five or seven power range. So just my thought on that right there. But, uh, I mean, there was all kinds of stuff being talked about just in this one thread, right? And uh, some of it was good about, you know, different features, light transmission, things of that nature. Um, You know, but one of them that came up was pretty interesting. A guy was telling him that, you know, the Leupold Mark V has a better eye box. And you hear these terms getting thrown around all the time, like, I-box, I-box, I-box. What is an I-box? So, we have a couple things dealing with the optic itself, right? We have the ocular lens. We have the lens in the back of the scope closest to your eye. And then we have what's called an exit pupil. So, basically, in generic terms, it is a beam of light that is coming out of the back of the scope. And your eye relief is the exact distance from the ocular lens of where you're going to pick up that full field of view. So think of it as like a convergence point, right? Where that beam of light is going to converge onto your eye with the proper diameter for you to see the entire field of view, okay? Now your 
depending on the optic that you go with, you could have a pretty drastic change in eye relief. And we'll get to that later. But anyways, so you've got your exit pupil, which is your beam of light. You've got your eye relief, that distance, right? And now we have this term that people throw around called the eye box. So what is the eye box? I want you to think of it as like a cube, okay? Like a, like a, a rectangle, okay? A cube rectangle. You put that cube, that rectangle, right where the eye relief is, okay? And depending on how the scope is manufactured, you will have a longer cubed rectangle or a shorter one. And that's what makes it so easy to either see through the scope or not see through the scope. Now, there's other parts that we can toss around, like the size of the ocular lens will play a big factor in that eye, that eye box, right? The shape, the curvature of that lens also plays a factor. And then the internal systems, the erector, the lenses on the inside, okay? But you can't cheat physics, so you got this thing called the optical triangle. You've got field of view, eye relief, and magnification. They're all directly related to each other. So if on one side of the scope, let's say the objective, if you increase your field of view on the objective side, you're going to reduce the eye box, the eye relief on the other side, the ocular side, right? And then vice versa. You increase the eye relief or the eye box and you're going to decrease the field of view on the other side, right? But the third part of that triangle is magnification. Magnification is obviously going to change your field of view, okay? But you have these three features of this optical triangle, and if a scope manufacturer is too heavy on one, it's going to negatively affect the others. So when you look through some of these high dollar manufacturers, whether it's Schmidt & Bender, whether it's Leupold, it's Collis, it's Night Force, right? You think about this optical triangle and you start to look at where was their focus when they were manufacturing this thing. What's the eye relief look like? What's the field of view? What did they prioritize over the other, right? A lot of companies will only focus on two, field of view and magnification. What's that do for your eye relief? Okay, so when we're thinking about the optic itself, there's several things that are going to affect light transmission because this was another thing that was brought up in this topic on this Facebook group was... Well, you know, this, this brand of scope has better light transmission because it's better glass. That's not entirely true. Like, uh, a manufacturer can have better glass, but if the design of the optic just plain out sucks, then it's still going to transmit light shitty, right? So we've got three components that we need to think about when we talk about light transmission. We've got bending of light. Right, that's priority number one, right? Or how to control light. Priority number two is the glass. And then priority number three is the proprietary lens coating, right? 
So all of these scope manufacturers, they will put coatings on the lenses to block out certain colors in low light conditions like blues or, or, you know, greens or whatever it is, like they will use particular coatings that will assist with blocking out dark and trapping that light. So when we look at the number one priority, bending light, right, or controlling light. So the objective lens is gathering the image. It's gathering light, right? And then it, that light, as it cycles through the optic, it's going to hit several different pieces of glass. Each one of those pieces of glass has a different shape to it. It could be concave, it could be convex, but you are bending light through the optic. The more drastic you bend that light, the more light transmission you're going to lose. So it's all about angles. The better angles you have, the more light transmission you're going to have when it gets to your eyeball. So when you start to look at some of these optics where it's like, hey, this optic is 5 to 25 magnification, you know, but it's only 10 inches long. You're like, man, look, this scope is so short. It could be awesome until you look through it. Until you look through it and realize that your focus is all out of whack. Your light transmission sucks because they try to squeeze all of these features into a tiny little package. And they were changing light direction and controlling light at such drastic angles that they were losing all of this. You're also, with these lenses, trying to control the red, blues, and greens, right? So if you start to look through your scope and you're seeing like halos and things like that around the optic or around uh, the image, the target, then you're having optical alignment problems, right? But I don't want to get too deep in the woods on this. I just want to talk about how bending a light can reduce light transmission. And that was one of the things somebody said, well, this one's got better glass. It's going to see better at night. That is not true. It's going to help, but the mechanical design, the engineering on the inside is what's going to have the biggest effect on light transmission. Then glass quality, then the proprietary lens coating that each company uses. Okay. Now the size of the optic is also pretty critical. You've got what's called an EFL, effective focal length, right? So if the scope is too short, for a certain magnification range, you're going to experience focus problems, parallax problems, eye relief will be affected. You go back to that optical triangle, field of view, eye relief, magnification, right? You start to play with those and, and you start to stretch in one area or the other. And now you have a lopsided optic. It performs high in one area but shitty in another. There's a 1 to 8 power scope out there right now that has a really hard time keeping a close to average eye relief, right? You go from like one power to eight, and it's a completely different eye relief, and it's, it's pretty noticeable. It's way out there, okay? We have other things called like vignetting. Vignetting is like 
dark. We're not talking about scope shadow. We're talking about like dark haziness around your field of view. Okay, not scope shadow, but vignetting. Um, look up vignetting on Google, and you'll see a bunch of templates where you can put dark shadowing around a picture. Okay, that's called vignetting, and some companies will get around this by doing what's called masking your reticles for light control. Okay, they're optimizing the reticle by using a black mask or tape around the edge of your reticle lens so that you're not seeing that vignetting. Now it's reducing your field of view, but it's also removing that vignetting from your view. So it's a pretty cool feature if you've looked through a scope that has vignetting versus one that doesn't because it's masked, the masked image is far cleaner. It looks better. You're not distracted. You don't feel like you got this tunnel vision going on. Okay. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just one company took an extra step to try and remove it. But I did think that it was a pretty interesting conversation that this was happening in this group talking about optics and 35 power. You don't need it, so don't go with it. I'll tell you what. If they're the same damn price, ask yourself this question. Would you be more likely to use 35 or more likely to use 5? Because it's a variable power optic. Nobody said you got to shoot on fucking 35 power. You want to shoot on 10, go down to 10. 15, 20. You can do that. If it's a first focal plane, you could shoot on some random odd number. I want to go to 17. This is my high school fo football number. I want to shoot on 17. Like Whatever weird reason you have to be on certain magnification, your first focal plane, your reticle is going to remain true. So it doesn't matter. But it was an interesting conversation that I got to view. Uh, obviously, I didn't speak on it. There was like 75 comments, and I just don't like getting dragged into that stuff. But I do like reading all of the weird stuff that's being said in some of these groups. So, think about what you're buying. Inspect your scope. Kind of look at the different features. What do you see? All right, do a little research. But I am excited to uh, announce that our next episode next week, our long episode for next week, next Tuesday. It, if you don't know, every Tuesday we're trying to release our longer podcast, okay? Roughly an hour, hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20, whatever it is, right? The training aspect will be available on patreon.com. If you don't know what Patreon is, like, I, I've, he, I've heard it can be used for all kinds of stuff. For us, what we utilize it for is to uh, have the ability to share training podcast, videos, targetry, you know, all the things that we spend our time working on, we're able to share it on this platform and it costs you $5 a month. So it's a pretty fair deal. It allows us to continue to focus on these things and it allows you to have them at your disposal. So if you're interested, go to patreon.com slash one and check it out. Just look at it. See what you think. And cancel if you don't like it. So our next long episode is going to be with Nick from Leupold Optics. And we're going to do an entire episode 
talking about optics and everything that goes into it. If you were going to buy an optic, Nick, what would we be looking for? And we're going to try and pull as much bias away from him as we can, you know, because he works for Leupold. I shoot for Leupold. But it's important that we have an open mind and we talk about other optics, right? Everybody's got something good. The idea here is that we can learn and be able to make educated decisions. So, until our next 15-minute episode, I hope you guys have an awesome day. You kick ass, get ready for the weekend. I'm going to come up with some other topics, keep releasing these 15-minute episodes. And then in next week, we will come up with that longer scope episode. We'll also tack some training onto the end of it where we discuss some other portions of supportive position principles. So we've got a long week ahead of us or a long weekend. Hope you guys are uh, getting ready to go out and train. Until then, this is Tyler, and I will catch you guys later.